welcome to Mice Cast for the hosts Greg, Mike, and Shaft. This is cool. Nice. And, and, and I actually uh, talked this time rather than the, that open space. What's somewhere. cool? No, just having another show. Oh, I see. The fact I, know, that we could, I was, that we I was get, lost to get uh, together. Yeah. Yes. Back oh. to normal times. Yes. So, uh, either of you clowns been watching the Olympics? No. <laughs> yes, I have. Yes, you I know, have. Okay, see, then... I've, I've never been a big Olympic fan. My mom used to watch it, and so we were kind of stuck when we only had one TV. But now that I'm in control of my own destiny, no. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the Olympics either, you know, because there's a lot of uh, wheat. They, you know, the chaff you got to separate from the wheat. I mean, boring-ass events with some fun stuff, and then... Yeah, you mean like um, that one with the broom and the, the, uh, the, oh, the, see, the that, puck? Now, but see that has comedy. That's curling, that's curling. Curling has comic value. Okay, so you tune that in for the comic value. But I'm you talking, know, <laughs> I'm talking about, oh, you know, uh, my my son. The they, Nordic they combined, have, right? Cross country skiing. Oh, what the fuck? yeah, that's cool. No, or the biathlon. No, the biathlon's cool because that's got you know guns. But come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's I, you know, I'm visiting my grandmother. There's only so much on TV and on her minimum cable but uh you know you sit during the day and you or catch the right news time and they haven't haven't, haven't even showed the events yet so they're like turn turn your head away if you don't want to know who won yeah and, you know and all that kind of and i'm like we're in the same time zone here it's not like you know yeah but they're tape delaying everything for I, all those I know, of us like e- even the opening was uh tape delayed from what i understand but today when i was making her meal yes it was i heard yes it Yes. Not, not the actual opening, opening, opening. Yes, the opening ceremonies were tape delayed. We got to see them starting at 9 o'clock when the, when the opening ceremonies kicked off. Well, guess what? It really started much earlier than that. Wow. Yes, yes Chumley, it did. It's a known fact that the opening ceremonies were tape delayed for those of us in the same time zone as the freaking well, event. I th- yeah, I th- I th- when I was watching them. Yes, Chumley. I, What's this Chumley crap? I don't know what he's doing. It's he's porn, doing porn stars. Or, I mean, uh, Pawn Stars. Sorry. Oh, I was watching it this morning. The old man. Uh, Freudian slip. We know what you're watching, they, Greg. Uh, they, uh, Chum Lee brought, I think, is that right? Chum Lee brought over the uh, the old man to help him out with something. <laughs> he just started babbling it on, and he's like, shut the f- up. You don't know what you're talking about. It was just funny. But, um, yes, you had to be there. While I was making, I guess you'd have to watch Pawn Stars. I, I, you know, I have, I have not taken advantage of. Who, who knew a show about guys that run a pawn shop could be funny and entertaining? But it is. But uh, I, I admit I've watched a couple episodes. Yeah, it's it it has its moments, especially when people bring in things and they're like, uh, like today, uh, he thought he had a spoon from Paul Revere, and the guy, the expert that came in and checked it out, says, you know, there are two Paul Reveres, and it's like, huh. <laughs> what? Uh, Paul Revere Sr., Paul Revere Jr., and they were both silversmiths. It was Jr. Oh. that did the horse ride, though. So you could find things with the Revere stamp that's Sr., not Jr. Interesting. Yeah. But he did have the correct one. But, you know. Uh, anyways, when I was at fixing my grandmother's dinner tonight, I was I could hear the she was watching the, the news or something. They were talking about all the drama, you know, that's come out of the Olympics. Uh, it's not cold enough. 
they don't have a real Zamboni. They've got an envi- you know some environmental friendly piece of shit that can't no, keep they, the ice correct. Yes, so they, ever. They, they, got, they got real Zambonis, but they got electric ones. No, they don't That's have fake. A real no, they're not Zambonis. They're fake they're Zambonis. They're not Zambonis. I thought they were real Zambonis. Yeah, no. Again, Chumley. Uh, so <laughs> who, who? they. They were well, I was watching in. the machine. I didn't. I didn't look at the front tag when they were showing it on the TV. So don't speak out of turn. Then. So they were going to bring one in from. Uh, I forgot where they were having to bring a zamboni in from. I'm thinking, don't they have a, you know, pro rink around there somewhere they could bring? Yeah, one get from. some real zamboni here. So they're going to bring a real zamboni for that. You know, it's some of the conditions aren't haven't it's, been real they've good. Had, yeah, they've had to postpone downhill. The, you had that guy die before the thing even started. Um, you know, it's just been. Drama, 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 and a lot of people are upset at the Olympic Committee. And you can't—I guess you can't get close to the the fire thing because they got a chain link fence around it. Uh, so there's been all—you you name it, someone's complained about something there. Yeah. Well, during the opening ceremonies, it was interesting because they lit the torch inside an enclosed arena, which and then were, and then moved the flame outside. And, yeah. And then they lit another torch on the outside, uh, about a mile away. But it was just kind of interesting that, you know, and then part of the set didn't work when they were trying to light the torch inside the arena. Well, I never saw the Chinese one. I saw a clip of it the other day from when they did the Olympics, and everybody was saying that was a hard act to follow. Cause it was, yeah, that, that was very spectacular, especially yeah. with the torch. Well, But I, I didn't watch it, so I think, you know. It, you know, it was, yeah, it, they're having their issues. But, yeah. you know, on the Real good hand, the good right side, the <laughs> good side, the Canadians have finally won a gold in their own territory while they're hosting. hosting an Olympics. Yeah. yeah so. Good well, for How them. many times have they hosted a Winter Olympics? Three times. Or, excuse me. No, not a Winter Olympics. Winter Olympics. No. One Winter so, Olympics. Oh, they just, when, when they've said on the news they've hosted the Olympics three times, they didn't say summer or winter. They just said, yeah, there's, there's, I made an assumption there because it's a cold country in general. Yeah. Um, Montreal was the summer games in 76. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Montreal games when the uh, the terrorist activities, right? No, that was that was no, Munich 70, in 72. Munich, Munich, Montreal. What's the difference? <laughs> no, just kidding. Just a damn oh, foreign country to you, right? <laughs> when was that one? What's, that's the 70s. Yeah, different kind of... That was the 70s, wasn't it? 72. Munich game yeah. 72 was the hostage Montreal, thing. the first one after the Munich disaster. Oh, okay. That's why everybody was very oh. uptight about security around the uh, Montreal game. So Vancouver's the third time Canada's hosted, right? So, Calgary in 88. I, I found it uh, ironic because... The first well, winter one, though? Second winter. Second, okay, so second winter. But I found it ironic because what was, ha- what was the problem with the uh, Calgary Olympics? No snow. They had to truck in a whole bunch of snow. It was an unseasonably warm winter for Calgary. And then Vancouver, they were having great snow right up until this last week. And then suddenly they have these nice warm rains coming in and making it into slush rather than good snow. But the the guy still said he didn't uh, distinguish Winter Olympics. He said first time Canadians have hosted it and won a gold. Correct. While they were Correct. Hosting. Yeah, Correct. They, so. they did not win any golds at the summer or the uh, the Calgary Winter Olympics. Yeah, and, and and it's been acknowledged that Vancouver is the warmest place that they've ever. I mean, uh, seasonably warm, right? Even, they they knew that even based on history that it would still be kind of warmer than any other place they've had a Winter Olympics. And yeah, and it's but Whist- Whistler has a really good record for being a. I mean, like Mammoth Mountain in California for having great snow to ski on 
during the winter, you know, during the winter period. So it's just kind of one of those fluky things that we well, got that one into slush we, up there. We got that one just drop dead gorgeous ski babe, uh, and she <laughs> was bitching today about how rough the course was. But oh uh, well, yeah, so it's, it's it's slush is not fun to ski on. It, it no, it's not slush. She says it was rough. Wasn't slushy. It was just rough, hard. You know, I guess. Well, yeah, because the slush when it freezes up becomes ice again, and it's just you can't cut into it. You can't control the skis on it. Yeah, some of that looks so hard. I don't know how they cut much into it. Anyways, it's just you know pure strength and muscle in it. It's, oh yeah. It's, I was watching the moguls on the first. The first I've always thought those guys were insane. Yeah, moguls. Yeah. <laughs> it just just hurts. What hurts my knees just watching them come down the hill. Now. We know um, what the Disney connection for the Olympics is, right? Ah, uh, yes. I mean, because we have to tie it back to... Bob Valley. Do we? Well, yes, you know, we, sort of. 1960. Yeah, so 50 years ago. Holy crap, that's true. That <laughs> was 50 years ago. When you put it that way, it sounds disgusting. So what did well, you know, all the good things that happened to Disney, most of them happened fifty years ago or so. So that's right. <laughs> In a lot of people's mind, there's some good modern stuff, but uh, you know. Okay, so Squaw Valley. What did Disney do for Squaw Valley for the 1960 the, Olympics? Uh, wasn't it the opening ceremonies? I think. Yeah, it was the opening and closing ceremonies for Squaw Valley. What? Oh, see, I didn't know it was that detail. I, I just knew they he designed the flagpoles. <coughs> huh? The flagpoles. The flagpoles that hold out, that held that are out front. It's it's a piece of aluminum that sticks up there with the yes. Uh, that was designed by yeah. the Walt Disney Company. No, the flagpole. They, no, the opening and closing ceremonies for uh, the Squaw Valley Olympics. Was, I, I hear I hear Google coming up. Was produced <laughs> was produced by Disney. That's possible. And as, That's and po- as a thank you to uh, Walt and to the Disney Company, they presented him with one of the flagpoles from the Olympic Stadium up there in Squaw Valley. That flagpole now sits in front of the uh, uh, in-between at the studio, at the Walt Disney Studios. That's the flagpole that's sitting out there in front. All right. See, I've been to Squaw Valley once. Skied I've there. past it. And they had, I could have sworn they had a plaque out front that said that Disney designed these the flagpoles. They they might they might have designed how the, uh, huh. the the huh. the court here it what? is what 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 uh, Olympic Village was built to house each flagpole came with a plaque signed by Walt Disney after the games wow. the flagpoles ended up among others at the following places Sioux Falls South Dakota Walt Disney Elementary in Marceline Missouri the Disney Studio Commissary which you just uh, mentioned, and then some place in Copenhagen. Another first for the game was Disney artist John Hinch's Olympic torch design, which was w- upon which all further torches would be based. The Olympic claim was lit in the cottage sometime that brought to Los Angeles from playing Oslo. Da-da. Yeah, I'm just reading this little kind of quickie, quickie look. It said uh, the organizers had asked Walt Disney to provide the entertainment for the event and later realized that tickets, parking, and security were needed and asked Disney to provide those too. Walt brought in big name entertainment, pageantry, and even ice sculpture contests that now have become part of the parcel 
part and parcel of every Winter Olympics. Because uh, what the guys do, he's describing a book uh, that's called Snowball's Chance, the story of the 1960s Olympic Winter Games, Squaw Valley and Lake Tahoe by David Antunu, Antuni or Tunsi. But basically it was saying how uh, Disney changed the Olympics forever. It says that they, um, it says Walt had a replica of the Golden Horseshoe Review uh, for the Athletes Village built. Gunfights and stunt shows were also organized by Disney. Um, so, anyways, there are all kinds of little stories. 5,000 participants, uh, 1,285 instruments, 2,600 voices from schools. 2,000 doves were also released. <laughs> CBS paid 50K for the right to broadcast the games in the United States. And they also said this looked like this was the the birth of the instant replay as well. <laughs> well, you know, what, there's what, like, what Richard? What what did Mike? You said you found a plaque that said something on there. It says Walt Disney. Each flagpole came with a plaque signed by Walt Disney. After the right, flag, well, after the games, the flagpoles ended up among others at the following places. Yeah, it says on the flagpole. The plaque says. This official Olympic flagpole was used at Squaw Valley, California in the pageantry ceremonies of the Olympic Winter Games held in February, and I can't quite read the date, and then Walt Disney chairman of... of pageantry, yeah. Pageantry, yeah. So he didn't necessarily, he didn't design the flagpole, but he signed them, or his There's, signature yes. goes on. See, that's what I said. I had to look. I knew that I read a plaque on the flagpoles that had Walt's name on it because I've actually been there, skied there. But, but believe it or not, flagpoles are designed. Sure, I believe it. They have a they have a shape to them. They have a thing on the top. And they they have the uh, same type of flagpoles or very similar type of flagpoles in uh, Vancouver that they had at China two years ago for the Summer Olympics, where they are actually pumping air through the pole. So even on a since even though they're indoors and the uh, flags are up there on the poles, the flags are billowing out from air being blown on them. Yes, because they're indoors, yeah. Oh, 15. Cool. <laughs> there's only 23 events. No, 23, 26. <laughs> 26 events in 1960. That's all they need. It's got so overblown. I mean, things. Come on, curling. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's a fun sport. I started to tell you, uh, my uh, son was, uh, they have. Uh, free ice skating lessons for uh, Anaheim schools over at the uh, Anaheim Ice in downtown. And he was taking uh, a couple of those classes this last week. They have a curling class starting up over there. Just tempting to go learn curling a little bit better. Uh, underwater basket weaving, uh, you name it, they'll have it. And then they turned down sports like bowling, you know. There's lots of interesting little things about the 1960 Olympics that I'm just learning at this moment. Are, is it really germane to what we're going to talk about tonight? No. Well, sure, because we, we still don't know what we're talking about tonight. <laughs> Did we ever know what we were talking <laughs> Sometimes about? Sometimes we do. Sometimes. Yes, we do. We were going to talk about this email that says, Hey, Mike, Greg, and the guy who is a complicated man, but no one understands him but his woman, Shaft. It makes me have said the shaft theme. Yeah. Handy. Well, all I got is this. Yeah, you got to get that ready. I'm you know? hard, I'm hard, but... I'm hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. I have to get that handy next time. 
Hi guys, this is Bob from Denver, Denver, formerly Bob in San Diego. I recently we got Bob wrote, Denver. Yes. Bob from I Denver. Oh, okay. I recently wrote you guys the show suggestion about the flyover Disney Park. Thanks for doing a show about my idea. And I'm sorry if my idea was not more fleshed out. It was something I was kicking around and thought it would be a good show. Anyways, back to my current question. Well, we, we blew a show talking about it. So. And uh, his current question and finishing will have some four-letter words. So for those who don't like him, prepare yourself. My wife and I just got back from a three-day sojourn into the Disneyland Resort. And I noticed something new that caught my attention. Our first day there, our last trip up was in June before we moved out to Colorado. I went to buy my wife a churro. So when I get up to the cart and look at the board... Not only am I confronted with the bovine excrement price of $3.50 for said churro, but now there's also sales tax added. Hey, what where the- else can you get 16 inches for three fifty? <laughs> what? Nice. <laughs> what, what the frickin' frack is that all about? Like $3.50 fucking cents is not enough, but now there's sales tax. I was hoping maybe you guys could explain what happened with this sales tax bullshit. Did California pass a new law since June? I love the show, guys, and I've been listening since episode two. I've written Whoa. it a few times, and you've always been prompt about answering my emails. Take care, Bob in Denver. Episode two. Hmm. That's eh, a long-time listener, many-time writer there. Yeah. Huh? Uh, um, no. California did not raise their tax yet. They will be, but that wasn't the cause of it. What? The, uh, well, no, no. He, he didn't ask if the tax was raised. He asked if something was changed that they had to add the law. tax. The tax well, and I'm saying, no, it was it had nothing. Yeah, it was built. When they changed how some of the carts operate, and some of the carts are now taken over by restaurants. We talked about that a little while ago. Restra- when outdoor vending ran the cart, they include a sales tax into it, and they just and that was done in the accounting process later on. The carts now are run by restaurants. They put it with the register, so they add you the three fifty, and then the register there adds the sales tax on top of it. So it's basically, just the way they they, well, no, what they've done is they've raised the price. That that is correct because now instead of the whatever what seventeen eighteen cents that would go to say or no twenty one cents that would go to sales tax. Disney's now pocketing that $0.21 cents and adding it on top of the price. Correct. Now, I will give Disney a break for the three fifty churro because of what it takes to operate, pay those exorbitant union wages, uh, health care, retirement, <laughs> uh, and all that stuff. Don't uh, forget the to 401k. Keep, to keep Bob Iger in his nice plushy office, et cetera, et cetera. I understand that it's going to cost me a little more for a churro inside the gates. The tax thing I've always thought was screwy. I want to say, and I'm not 100% sure on this. I just, a uh, little fuzzy memory. I was thinking as a kid, we almost didn't pay tax. You know, tax was included everywhere. But when I went to Florida, tax was added everywhere. And I thought it was odd. Um, I say it could be somewhat uh, blurry no. information back in the 70s, but it seemed to me like a lot more was just everything was in, you know, it was all included and figured out. So you didn't have to, you know, you, no. you it's like say 350 instead of 3 
78 or what you got to count the change it's much easier especially out in the field no not I'll, to I'll have the change you know I'll, I'll say my best ed mcmahon impersonation here you are correct my friend uh it used to be in all your fast foods uh the tax was included in the price when i started working at disney and i was working in fast food at the tomorrowland terrace when you saw the price was two dollars and eighty cents for that burger or well actually burger fries and coke it doesn't the the small details doesn't matter whatever the price was that was the price the the price you saw was the price you paid the sales tax was figured in into the price and they even had a little slide rule wheel that was in the uh, manager's office so that when they were getting ready to make the adjustment on the prices and we had this also in outdoor vending this little slide rule that when the prices got adjusted they had the slide rule that says well the price is going to be a buck 25 this is how much the tax is going to be paid on it so when they did the paperwork in the accounting uh, the dollar twenty-five ice cream bar is listed on the paperwork as whatever it was—a dollar and a nickel—and then the ten cents tax on top of it. So the paperwork is all correct, but it's already figured in there, so you don't have to think about it. Whatever you saw, and it made things a heck of a lot less confusing, especially when you have people from outside California that don't know what, you know, Orange County seven and three quarters percent you go from my house you go uh five miles down the road here and you're in la county that's another percent higher richard uh, richard, richard yeah it's eight and three quarters now in orange county is it eight and three quarters remember remember uh at after the june 30 budget from 2009 that they were going to be screwed the state raised a penny tax everybody oh. okay so i was wrong california did raise the taxes again yes, i didn't realize they did. that yeah, but so that's not that's nine, not term, that's not the reason. That's for not the reason they Disneyland. did it. No, but, but it's, you're right. It's, it's still, almost it's almost ten percent in some parts of LA County because even it's within over 10%. ten and a quarter somewhere in LA County, yeah, in LA City, LA City. There are a few that have the uh, subway to the sea project that they had an extra quarter added, so they are right there at ten or a little over, yeah. But not all of uh, LA County is like that. It's just certain sectors that are dumb enough to vote for well la County, like la county has an extra percent throughout all the county and then la city has an extra percent on top of that yes but uh yeah i thought it was a lot easier to the customer and to the minimum wage employees that disney hires these days uh, not to have to deal with all that and the the pennies and the nickels and the dimes and the quarter you know just 350 well, that's you know that's much when they do things like three 365 it's like come on can you make it any more difficult and slow for the people who can't figure out change you know when you keep it at quarters uh it's much easier to well, heck, when when i was in vending we went out with a stack of one dollar bills and a couple rolls of quarters because everything was seven ice cream was 75 cents for ice cream and a dollar for banana so you're dealing with quarters or a buck. Hey, speaking and of ice cream, did you hear this, Richard? I, I happened to be walking close to Tower of Terror, and there was that ice cream cart there. Someone was asking, I think, for the Nestle Crunch. And the cast member was telling the guest that Nestle was shrinking the size of their ice cream bar but keeping the price the same, so Disney decided, screw you. Oh, Interesting. Yeah? Yeah, oh, I'm just a, surprised that 
that wouldn't be normal protocol that I remember in my day where you, you, you would just say, well, we discontinued it. You don't go into the, the politics of, uh, or financial decisions of why they're not carrying the ice cream anymore. Just, oh, well, but, you know, that's, that's cast members today, and that might not even necessarily be the truth. That might have been the story they heard. But that, Well, that, that might be the story for Walter Koning in his books, but that may yeah, not but, be the actual story. Yeah, you know, those stories, in, and you don't have, you know, they, they, they still ride everybody to uh they, they have what they call their service model and one um, for the v it's value the magic you have to keep everything <laughs> that little uh pixie Sorry. dust sweetness in there why, you don't why is that keep, funny i just it's, uh, it's just like when we were in the service they always had the, an acronym or a name and richard remembers the whole get on the bus gotta have an acronym or a name and richard remembers the whole get on the bus thing um, or right for that, or, or, or like Clinton. You know, Clinton was taking us into the 21st century on a covered bridge. You know, it's like the <laughs> bridge people, to the 21st century. Yeah, do people really think about these things sometimes when they they like, like MILF? Well, right? Yes. Monsters Inc. Laugh. Yeah. They they, sh- they should think these things through a little bit. Like, or Richard enjoys a good shaft now and then. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I came, in, I came across, across a good one today was uh, somebody, was, we were talking about call sheets, and somebody got blurbed a little bit and was calling the call sheep. And I'm going to the call sheep, is that anything like the call girl, but it's for the much lonelier guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, that, that fell dead there, probably in here. Uh, <laughs> All right, you, you need to, good thing you're not a... Yeah, good thing you're not a stand-up uh, comedian. Well, that's because I'm sitting down right now. Is that exactly it? what I mean? Right now, <laughs> exactly, Richard. You're proving my so. point. Um, okay, do we want to go into Darth Vader's uh, email? You said you wanted to put those off for a little bit. Uh, okay, you know, now that you've mentioned it on the air. Well, we also had. Did we? I don't think we did. Um, Tom from New Hope. Did we do Tom from New Hope? Because he had a he had a Buster. Um, yeah, I was looking at that Buster. Tom from New Hope. We'd have no. We didn't do any research on that one. That's about the long haired dudes. I'm pretty sure he's right. Uh, it is it is true, but I haven't spent time to to look that. Yeah, up. I, I yeah I remember that being true. What there there was their whole little thing on that they didn't want the hippie or the yippie thing in, and to a certain extent, you worked the front gate area. There was still a dress code. Yeah, nothing that nothing to do with long hair. It's only you know things, you know, no capes, no you know <laughs> pornography on your shirts, you know things like that. Yeah, how that no cape thing worked out? Yeah, wear a shirt, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the no cape thing worked out fine. You know, we, we explained to him, you know that. It was mainly for adults, but you had to watch the kid ones as long as they, you didn't want any, someone no, we, to be able to step on it. You didn't want it to catch on anything. Yeah, we, but, we know, still don't. What's the fine line between a cape and someone's jacket that kind of flows open, especially some of the ones the women wear? Or we get some of these guys that wear the uh, the like the cow the long cowboy jacket. You know, I it's 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 a very definite line. Anything that's attached to the neck is a cape, and it's not allowed because if it were to snag on anything, whether it be a ride or anything else, the only thing that's catching it is your neck. There we, there's, okay, I'll you, give you, you that, your, but you there are, your, there you are your, capes you that your, log, 
you got your long rider robes, you have your gothic robes, you have your Jedi robes that are all coming in all the time, but those things are around the shoulders, and if it catches, it grabs you on the shoulder or the arm. So that's say, the there's there's that like Phantom of the Opera type cape that has a little bit of shoulder on it. So you're going to say that's okay because if, you're if it's attached to it with the shoulder, then we let it go by. But if it's just strictly tied around the neck, uh, and you know, if you 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 look at these little kids, especially they come in Snow White, and she has her little red cape on, but it's tied strictly around the neck. We don't allow it because uh, uh, I, really, because I see those all. Yeah, the, yeah. That's that, the, that, that is that is actually that is actually one uh, written down rule, and those that let it slide by just don't know any better. When I catch them, uh, yeah. do they not know any better? I, in fact, where is that email? Um, I got. Yes, find- I will dare say they don't know any better, or they don't want to be the bad guy. Okay, okay, that, that's what I'm thinking because I might be one of Darth Vader's email. He, yes, yes. We let's, let's get into this right, one go, email. Go ahead. Go this, ahead. This one's perfect for what we're talking about. Uh, first and foremost, I want to say, he wrote it that way. I want to say you have the best podcast period. Okay. Now that I finished with the pejorative butt kissing on the last show, since when do you listen to frontline cast members, even if they may be related to one of you, Oh. <laughs> about <laughs> about world of color. Yesterday, while riding the fun we, I was wondering if the whole stage is set on. Okay, I, I guess say Darth. I know you're the Lord, but um, Lord of the th- Sith. Yeah, check your you know check your writing before spell you send check. it. Spell no, check. no, it's not spell. It's uh, you know, just, I, he's, it's like he's typing so fast he's forgetting he letters. Makes, yeah, he, he, you know his his mind's ahead of his typing. I do that all the time. That's so I, I totally understand. That's why I'm offering this sage advice. I was wondering if the whole stage is set or can it raise and lower. I ask this because it seems that there's some aspects that would still be above groundwater level. This, uh, would this not cause a calcification problem? If true, the platform is fixed on uh, at a level that it is the same as the outriggers for the fun wheel uh, would be underwater. This would also be a rust factory, and I would uh, appreciate any input on this topic. Now, we can take this part on one first, but I'm going to say I was at the Queen Mary for the Scottish Festival this last weekend, and Richard's familiar with this part of the Queen Mary, so I think, Mike, you are too. You, you, you're underwater, the underwater level. You can, they've got one of the, the only, uh, I think, surviving screw on the Queen that you can... <laughs> you, you, you're underwater, but you can come out where they've got... you can see the screw underwater right you know what i'm talking about right that little part of the that little box that's been welded onto the side of the ship exactly where you can see down into the screw okay. there's no rust yeah. on it but if you also notice there's like there's a little electrode or something electrode in the water that um there's just a little bit i think of uh, electricity or something running through there and i was expl- it explained to me once that would help with the rust and keep things you know all the barnacle bills, all the the, the calcification, all barnacle that. Barnacle <laughs> But just keep it clean in there, you know. So the, the keep, keep SpongeBob SquarePants from making taking up residence. That's right. So the so I don't know. Then, as far as I know, Richard, what you're explaining to me from what I saw it was being built. That thing's gonna go below water when it's not right. It's gonna it's gonna raise and lower. Okay. So uh, could there be some problems? Yes. 
uh, even with the best materials, sometimes there is problems. Uh, maintenance. It's just going to come down to maintenance, I guess. I don't yeah. think... Go yeah, ahead. that's all. That's all it is. Is is it's just maintenance, and yeah, what they'll do is they'll they'll bring it above the, the uh, water level now and then to clean some of it off, and it'll get drained. That's what uh, is going on along the big river right now. Uh, they have the big river in Disneyland is uh, drained out. They got the lifts that they're uh, cleaning out, and they're uh, doing all the works on the lifts uh, that are kept in the. You know, they they drop down below the water and are kept. They actually have to drop those down. Uh, quite a bit lower than the water to keep make sure that they com stay completely clear of any of the. Uh, well, it doesn't really traffic. matter how far down you're in the water. Once you're in the right. water, you're well, in the water. But then, they, but then during showtime from Fantasmic, they come back up to where they're just on the edge of the surface. It's the same exact thing, and yeah, it, it there's going to be build up, some calcification, and some build up on there. But it's it's just maintenance, like you said. Uh, it, de it depends on the 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 hardness of the water. Also, there's a lot of stainless steel. Um, you know, so yeah, and, and a lot of plastics that yeah. they've been able to use. And the one thing, though, uh, we mentioned when we were talking about that a couple shows ago, I was listening to some of the conversations. They uh, brought in some of the not just the designers that helped uh, design and build the fountains over at the Bellagio, but they brought in some of the maintenance crew and talked to the uh, uh, the uh, hotel engineers that have to. Uh, work and maintain the fountains at the Bellagio on what the pluses and the minuses. What are some of the things they need to look out for? What are some of the things that they needed to change or could change later on? So they were actually getting some firsthand information on how the maintenance is going to work so that they can at least, you know, try to prevent some of that stuff going on. Okay. Uh, secondarily, <laughs> this is not an attack on Richard. But of course what, not. Uh, but what the hell is up with Disney security? Do they pull applications directly from AARP line? They seem to be 65 to start. Also, some do not seem to be in very good condition or light on their feet. Is this a problem? Is this a problem, is this a problem for Disney? Yes, I know a lot of them have a lot of experience, but when the fecal material hits the fan, whom do you want as your backup? Um... And you know what? There was a little bit of that even when I was there because I can remember when I was told as an undercover person with you know nothing but an ID and a badge, no, nothing on me that shows I'm Disney, to approach a large group, a large minority group. Let's just put it that way. And um, man, did the honky words and stuff start flying at me. I'm calling for backup. I could see one old fart just walking back and forth in fantasy land. Like he's either one, not paying attention to the radio, two, couldn't hear the radio, or three, said, fuck it, I'm not going over there. <laughs> right? You know, so, you, know. The, you know, I can't go, first of all, I don't know, I will flat out say, I do not know what the hiring practices and standards, et cetera, and so I'm not in that type of position. Um, but I do know a number of the people Wait, that What are kind hired. of position are you in? Uh, missionary, preferably. Oh, but <laughs> oh, come on! We don't want to work. No. We don't want to ask about the ice cream wagon now, do we? No. Uh, what shaft did you like to go up and down on? Um, <laughs> no, the the. But I do know a number of the uh, older guys that we have are retired cops, and yeah, you know they might you know might look like the old feeble guys but 
you know, when the chips are down, they can, they got a lot of pretty good knowledge and, um, what do you want to say? Uh, some things that you think you're going to, you know, being just a young kid, you're going to have to go out there with your Dukes up. No, they outthink you and they can outthink, and they outthink the, uh, whoever you're trying to uh, work with out there. So. Yeah, you're you're gonna find that you're gonna find that no matter. Okay, where you that's go, a you're you're, you're, bad you're, you're giving the company line. I'm tired of it. <laughs> All right, I've also noticed that cast members who are the plus size size seem tone and stage. Okay, Lord Vader, okay, do you want, please. Don't we, we pick up from there? You want to do that? You want to finish the rest okay. of that one? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Okay, so I've also noticed that cast members who are of the plus size seem to be on stage a lot more than I ever remember in the past. I know in the 80s and 90s... It it looks like tone in stage. I know, I know, I know. It's seem tones in stage, (laughs) but seem to be... But I know that N is right next to B. Yes. (laughs) And I is right next to O. So okay, so he's you know it's Sith talk, I guess. I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> so I know in the eighties and nineties that would have never happened, and you know that is somewhat true. Uh, in fact, uh, my mom used to notice all the time, especially after I started working at Knotts, and she could get her ass in for free all the time. Um, there were people working at Knotts who were, let's say, slightly physically disabled. Uh, maybe drag the leg a little bit. Maybe <laughs> I don't mean that bad, but you know, for some reason, you know, the the leg one leg didn't work as well. Guarantee you one hundred fucking percent. From Walt's time to maybe late eighties, nineties, you would have never saw that person working on stage at Disneyland, but you did at Knotts. So in some ways, you could say Knotts had a much more liberal hiring policy. Uh, than Disney. And some of the pimply, snot-nosed kids that you would, wouldn't really want you serving food anyways might be serving food at Knott's, but usually weren't serving food at Disneyland. Um, it's an observation. I think it's it's maybe anecdotal, but it is very on the spot, I think, for the most part. And there was an article somewhere for that did say something that Disney was having trouble, uh, even with their costumes. They had to get start making a bunch of plus sizes that they never had to make before. Yeah, I, I think I think it's a, a, a valid observation because I do remember they there was a certain look that you were expected to maintain that I mean there were certain expectations for you to I, when you came in they said you know costume sizes were limited to this you're expected to maintain with all that now the labor laws that have gone in, you can't necessarily hold that against people. So yeah, they had to start making a lot larger costumes, and I yeah, I don't you don't know, want you them to be, you don't want them to go all Kevin Smith on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd hate to Kevin Smith. I know he's a big guy, but I've never really thought of him that big. I don't, I, you know, when they're talked about, I'm picturing in my mind the whole time when I was listening to that story, I'm picturing Michael Moore out there. Yeah, because that guy's big. He's he's big, he big. Hey, just think of our friend Don. Yeah, yeah. He might have issues on the plane, but um, so yeah, they. Yeah, but you know, I think that's not necessarily um, a bad thing with Disney. It's a societal thing that I think yeah. you just see people. You know, we've talked about the land whales and their little 
land carts and you know and all those kind of things before. It's kind of systemic of that also. And when Disney doesn't uh, pay as well as they used to, I mean, it's still not bad for what you do, but it's the um, uh, the difference between let's say a civilian job and a Disney job is not what it used to be, and so their choices are uh, far less. Uh, than what it used to be. All right, well, you want to take on that next uh, paragraph? Second, okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> As for Captain EO, there goes my pants, goes, I bet that it will last until Christmas. As the other rides are in their Christmas runs, EO will be converted to its permanent film. I don't okay, but I also see Disney selling a video of the ride. I know you say that Disney owned the film, but would the Jacksons want Michael's share? You know that is interesting, and I, I'll tell you why. And I won't mention what podcaster, but I've had this on and off going discussion with uh, a pretty well known podcaster. We've talked about uh, you know why doesn't Disney do a lot of ride through videos? Why don't uh, you know, they re- used to release LPs of some attractions, Jungle Cruise, Pirates Mansion, things like that, Tiki Room. And you don't see much of that now. And, and uh, everybody keeps saying it has to do with paying royalties to the voice talents. And I'm kind of, you know, I'm always scratching my head. Well, what? They, you know, they were hired to do a gig. But ever since that Peggy Lee fiasco with Eisner, it seems like they haven't released some things that maybe people were hoping they would. I've always argued that, let's say, an attraction like Tiki Room, where those most of those voice talents, the main ones anyways, worked for Disney. They weren't outside people. You know, Wally Bogue. Uh, yeah, it's like, this is your assignment for the day. You right. pretend to be a Spanish-speaking parrot. Right. Now, you go to uh, the mansion. You might have to throw a Ravencross voice in there. That's an outside hire. You know, he, he's a contractor to come in and do voice work. Uh, Paul Freeze, I believe, would have been outside hire uh, voice uh, talent. So do you have to pay royalty for something like that? So, okay, Michael Jackson does this film, as does Coppola and uh, um, Lucas. Lucas, they all have something to do. They got paid, yes, but do they have any rights to royalty on it? Because there's not a charge per se for that individual attraction which may make you think maybe tickets should be used because then you could actually say well x amount was charged but when you charge one fee at the door and you try to break that down by percentage around the park and what an attraction is worth per se you know how would you but should michael's family or his his uh estate are they entitled to any royalties off of this? You know, yeah, it would have to be in his contract. It would. It, it well, has to be duh, spelled out, but, right? You know, it'd be interesting to know. Yeah, and if if I remember correctly, what I heard when they did, you know, when Lucas was getting really involved with Star Tours and with um, Captain EO, Lucas actually owns all the rights on EO and like Star Tours. And Disney pays a licensing to be able to use it within the parks, and that's it. That So that's why you don't have a lot of these things on the outside, because Lucas actually still holds the rights to it rather than Disney. But I don't know. It, yeah, it'd be interesting to well, see. Well, so yeah, Disney Disney paid for pretty much all the building, the filming, you know, those two attractions, the building, the filming, yet Lucas holds all the rights. Well, obviously, he'd hold the rights to any Star Wars character. Wait a second. Yeah, right. uh, all, uh, um, Lucas was the producer. 
right? On, Coppola was just uh, a director for EO. EO, producer and writer. He, he was the writer, too. Well, okay, I don't know about that. I just know he's the producer. So typically he's, the producer he, is the one who has ownership rights of a film. Right, he gets all the fun. Okay, but he producers also arrange funding. Correct. That's why they're. Just, that's why just, they're. That's why they get the ownership, right? Because right. they just, paid for it. No, no, they didn't. They didn't necessarily pay for it. They get investors a lot of times. Well, however they get it done, but right. typically they're the producer because without them, the money's not raised, right? Right, and they're also the ones that a lot of times screw films because you know <laughs> they don't they, know they, 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 they don't they know the, the role. Final, right, they have the final word on editing, length of the film. Uh, a lot of things, and sometimes just muck it up, or they or they bail it out, like or mm, and poltergeist. Some, and, and oh, tell me this story. I'm not sure I've heard this. Well, okay, who who's the director of Poltergeist? Richard, oh, I know. Richard, Richard, I know you know the answer, Greg. Yeah, yeah Toby uh, uh, Hooper. Okay, so now now I know. I okay. I you wouldn't know, have guessed that one. Do you know what Toby Hooper's claim to fame was in the horror genre, Greg? I do. I know you know, so shut up. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying to put in the frame of mind because it would have been before that film, obviously, yes. which was done in the what early 80s. Um, is that right? Early late 80s? 70s, late 70s. Uh, so that Poltergeist is 80 or 81. I say it, I was out of high school. 82. Okay, it's, maybe it's 82. It's amazing how we get late 70s and then it's the it's early 80s. No, no. Poltergeist was 82. Tobe Hooper's big claim to fame was like 79, I think. Yeah. It was. Okay, Something don't like don't confuse the two then. Um, Halloween? No. 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 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. You As go. you're looking up real fast. No, I didn't. Okay, I, my yes. hands are folded. Yes. On my lap. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, if you watch Poltergeist, Richard and I have had this conversation. You can tell the one scene that Tobe Hooper actually directed. Yeah, we've we've talked about it numerous times. Whereas but. whereas the rest of it was directed by the producer. Yeah. And we were, in fact, I was. I wait, wait, wait. You, you actually think the producer sat there? Or he re-edited it to get what he wanted, or he sat there over Toby's shoulder saying, "Screw this! I want that, this, this, and that." Okay, you know who the producer is, right? Spielberg. Isn't yes. It? So yes, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Is that, is that Steven Spielberg pulled Toby Hooper's strings? Okay. Big okay, because there, there are some times when they'll go back and have something re-edited. Doesn't mean they directed it. But they'll, you know, fix it or screw it up. No, no, it's like, you, Tobe, you want to really set this up like this because Steven okay, Spielberg so, wrote this. Wrote, you know, he wrote the screenplay, right? right? Okay, so I'm gonna guess where you think he, where he directed, actually did one portion of directing. Yes. Uh, when the guy rips his face off. No. 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 Okay. They, they go through the picture of the whole film. The one scene that is done completely different from the rest of the movie. The color. Okay. The tone. It, it, it has off. been uh, ten years since I've seen that film. I don't know. And it, it is a scene that everybody goes. Just Why tell is me. This scene it's, in it's, here? it's where uh, mom's taking Just a bath. Taking a bath, getting ready to move, and it's all orange. Okay. It's very yeah. It's foggy. And, it's slow. And it, it's and it's, it's that type of scene of why is this here? Yeah. Why is it so long? That's just one scene, but you know I'm gonna, when I was, I'm going to go to Netflix now and see if uh, that's available. When when uh, I got the DVD, I'll loan it to you. Um, when I was in uh, still in film school, uh, my instructor slash mentor uh, back then, Brian, he uh, went to school with Frank Marshall. He went to uh, uh, 
UC San Francisco uh, with Frank Marshall. And so we actually had Frank Marshall come and do a presentation for our class. It was a very cool presentation. And he brought huge amount of slides and he was uh he brought a couple trays worth of slides and he was showing things huge you know this is what about a year and a half after uh poltergeist was out or about a year after poltergeist was out huge amount of slides on poltergeist every of course frank is there because he's taking the pictures but just about every shot in there spielberg was on the set the entire time so he's the why, why, did, why didn't he just freaking uh, produce direct right if he? Because he was busy working on ET. At he's the same ET, time. yes, ET, same time. Um, and Spielberg is also, I think, credited with the visual effects for both films, isn't he not? Spielberg or visual uh, uh, supervision, right? I no, don't know. No, no, uh, it was strictly ILM uh, on both movies. Well, we okay. I, that's not what he was asking. Not who did him, but whether or not he had supervisional control. Over what they were doing, I I, the, I don't know. I mean, he might have told him exactly what the design was supposed to look like and everything, but I didn't. I don't remember seeing his name as. It seems like years ago I saw a making of. You know how they did everything. I don't remember. You know, I, obviously they didn't discuss. Uh, I, yeah, I'm writing over Toby's shoulder on this, I, but I, I, yeah, I don't think that's kind of common knowledge. But you can kind of tell that. Yeah, it's just the way the style of the movie. Okay. Is. Okay. It's oh, okay. So over. again. It's it's not if it's not common knowledge. There's not actually someone out there writing the behind the scenes. It's it's deduction based on the way the movie looks that you're putting two and two together. Well, yeah, but it's it's widely known in the uh, community because this was talk that even before Mike and I had this conversation, this was talk when the film was still in theaters. We talked about it in film class. Oh yeah, you can tell this is all Spielberg. You can see the one scene that uh, Hooper directed because it's the only scene that's different from the rest of the movie. It's traditional well, okay. Spielberg. Maybe it's the opposite way. All right. Well, I'm. I'm. You know, I flipped over to IMDb, and there's there's two things in here that Steven Spielberg had a major hand in the production of this film at the same time that he was directing ET. He later said, "If ET was a whisper, Poltergeist was a scream." Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, well, he he also made the comment when he was doing an interview with 2020 that uh, ET was his urban good. And Poltergeist was his urban evil. Once post-production work of Poltergeist began in early 82, Spielberg was in total control. He was responsible for editing of the film. Spielberg's usual editor, Michael Kahn, edited this film while Carol Littleton edited E.T. The final sound mixes loops, supervision of visual effects, and the selection of Jerry Goldsmith as a composer of the score. All Spielberg. Yeah. And they opened a week apart, Poltergeist and E.T. Wow. God, I didn't remember that. Oh, yeah. See, here it is. Spielberg also supervised the visual effects for both films simultaneously, which were oh, produced at okay. ILM under the supervision of Richard Edlund and Dennis Buren. So, yeah. Anyway, how do we get down this rabbit hole? <laughs> I don't know, but... Oh, the mo- oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's before he got married, so... <laughs> the, the, the one better to do. Whoa, 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 whoa. I think he was married to his first wife at the time. No, I think he... Not at that time. He, he was a oh. single guy at that time. That was just before... Uh, few years before he met up with Kate Capshaw, too. Capshaw's number two, right? Amy yeah, Irving, number one. Yeah. Now, I do know that the one thing that I always remember from Poltergeist is all the deaths that has surrounded yeah, that movie. It was, Ooh, all the yeah, actors, the all the actors have kicked the bucket. The, yes. the mythic legend. I, what? Three deaths. The two kids. 
and yeah, and the only one that was really uh, was Do- what was her name? Dominic. I can't remember. You Domin- got it up. Dominique Dunn. The teenage Dunn? daughter. Teenage daughter. Yeah, she was the only one that violently her boyfriend killed her, and she died um, at twenty-two. Yeah, but uh, Heather O'Rourke had the little girl. A, yeah, uh, she had she, some kind of disease or she, she had she syndrome. had a, Something. Yeah, she she had a, a health issue all her life, and it finally caught up with her in uh, right there in her preteen or early teen years. Um, after she had done two more Poltergeist movies, and one of them, that last one was a real dog too, and she also did some other work too. So, um, and then the Indian. How do you how do you, you say Dominique died? It wasn't she killed by her boyfriend, or was it by a stalker? No, no, no. It was a boyfriend. I just, I just thought you said it was gruesome. I just, no, he I said, said violence. I think he said she oh. was the only one that had a violent death. And then the other one was the uh, played the was the Indian from the second movie. Uh, he died of natural causes. I know. Though my wife, uh, she can't stand Zelda Rubinstein. <laughs> it, 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 it just drives her nuts that voice. Uh, and occasionally, you know, they, my daughter and my wife, and I'll occasionally watch them too because sometimes they're interesting. The um, yeah. the ghost stories on yeah. Discovery or or history, but anyone that she's connected with, they turn off. They just can't yeah. stand her because it almost it almost you know you're trying to look at some of them that are trying to legitimize the study. And then she comes on, and it just like throws it out the window. Her, she does the voiceover on it, and it just throws. Yeah, uh, family's the same way around here too. Uh, wife number okay. one married in 1985. So yes, he was single during Poltergeist. Oh. There. Alrighty. Oh, I thought he, I thought he got married prior to that and was already divorced. Uh, 1985. Interesting. Four years. Interesting. Oh, here's a, Poltergeist: The Reality, not the movie. Oh, I don't want to read that. Um. So, wait a second. So, let's backtrack to where we were supposed to be. Okay. We were reading. I was reading about Captain EO. We got on producer stuff. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, Michael Jackson share. I don't know. For the music, the music, you you know, uh, music well, rights I, Music rights can be inherited, I think. Can they not? Copyrights? The music copyrights, are ble- Yeah. Uh, yeah, because uh, Happy Birthday is still owned by the family, and that's like a hundred over a hundred years old. Now, yeah, good luck. That, good luck okay, collecting uh, royalties on that. Yeah, really. yeah, really. Come knock on my door every <laughs> twice, <laughs> three times a year. Where's my fifteen cents? I don't. I, I don't know, but I, I know. I know. Go ahead, Greg. Sorry. I, one, go back to Poltergeist. Four deaths, and the Indian wasn't well, unless he was considered the good spirit. Uh, Will Samson is that the one? Yes. It's like, okay. Yes. Will Sampson didn't sound like an Indian dude to me, but he played the good spirit. But okay, um, back to um, uh, now. Now I totally. Uh, I was listening. Ultra guys. No, 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 no. It was back when you guys were at the uh, <laughs> the happy birthday thing. And how yeah. can that not be in intimate domain? Mean public and, domain or public domain, and we have all. Sorry, thank you. Uh, we have all this stuff worrying about Disney's uh, Mickey Mouse going into public domain. We got Betty Boops in public domain. You got all these. And how can that? I mean, even I think uh, God Bless America is public domain now. For God's well, sake. Well, no, uh, no. What was it? Uh, who 
wrote that co was a Cohen that wrote that he I gave it away. But um, God bless America's Berlin. Irving, Irving Berlin. Berlin, thank you. Yeah, he gave that one away. But no, uh, that was always the story. And you know, I don't know how or why because, I, like I said, that song is over a hundred years old, and yet that's why so many uh, radio stations and television stations won't do happy birthday. They might maybe do a measure or two, whatever you can get away with and not infringe on a copyright, but they won't do happy birthday because the uh, lawyers for this family come running after them. Um, same thing when we had that little battle between Disney and the family of A.A. A. Milne with Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh's an old, a relatively old character but they still have certain rights, and the argument was how much rights do the Milne family have and how much rights are now controlled by Disney. So I don't know where the lines are on those. Well, with with the, as far as I know, the one on Winnie the Pooh, it's the Disney iteration, if you will, the, the Disney look of it. I don't believe Disney owns the original look of Winnie the Pooh from the, the books themselves, but they own the visualizations that they've created. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, same thing. Their creation of Snow White, Snow White exists. Multiple people have licensed Snow White to do. I mean, the, the freaking uh, Three Stooges did a Snow White show. Right, right. Uh, Snow White is in the public domain, except. It well, wasn't well, back then. Well, Disney's. Snow White is owned by the Disney company. Yeah, back in 1928, Snow White was, the story was in the public domain. Was? Sure, said? sure, the story's old. The story's a couple oh, okay, of years. Okay, okay. okay yeah, but, yeah. but, you know, Walt's, like Richard's been saying, Walt's drawing of the characters are what's copyrighted, right? Right. Just like but, you're saying for so, Winnie the Pooh, same thing. The, the, the original uh, Winnie the Pooh look does not look anything like what we're used to seeing now. Oh, no, not yeah. at all. Which so, which which takes me down. Speaking of rabbit holes, Alice in Wonderland, right? Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland is not a Walt Disney story. <laughs> Alice in Upper Hand. No, you know, no. It's a it's a drug junkie that uh, wrote that one. Yeah, dope. Lewis Carroll. Okay, yeah, dope. Yeah. Dope All right, so Alice in Wonderland, the Walt Disney look, right? We know we see his animated feature. Now now they're doing a live action three D. Going back to the drug trip, look. Yeah, you know well, it's, Tim, it's Tim Burton. What do you expect? <sighs> exactly. It it looks, but it's still, but it's still controlled by Walt Disney. But it's still Disney, even so. You know, it's they Disney options the right to tell their story. Sure, you know? sure, but the question is: Is Alice in Wonderland the story of Alice? Is that is that copyright owned by the Lewis Carroll estate? Is that copyright? Owned by Walt Disney, or is it like Winnie the Pooh, or not Winnie the Pooh, but like Snow White, where it's or Little Just Mermaid, so, even so old stuff that's so old in the public domain. But when they draw, oh, you know, pictures of it, or if they shoot well, a film about it, that now but, but that image have is those, theirs. Those stories and how old they are, and did really anybody, yeah, keep tabs on you know who owned it, who wrote it, and I mean, like I say, it is so old. The idea of the copyright in it has got to be much. Much more modern than some of these stories, especially those kind of stories, uh, are. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think you know the English dudes that wrote some of those stories 
weren't copywriting them necessarily. You published them and, you know. Got your they, money and you're happy. Got, yeah. ex exactly. I happen oh, yeah. to look up the uh, happy birthday thing on Snopes because. Um, yeah, that's something right up their alley, right? Yeah, it is. And they were saying who owns it now. and uh, But they said there's um, uh, Good Morning to All became more popularly known as Good Morning to You. And they were coming, you know, going over some of the uh, words. Now, would you say, is, is it your opinion then? that that's why restaurants who sing happy birthday, very few of them actually sing happy birthday. They do some, some of their own off. version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I it, think in Richard. some cases that's probably, that was probably the case because if you get some of the larger chains, if they started doing that, uh, they're exposing the themselves. You're, they're exposing themselves, and you're a big chain. If you're a small mom and pop shop, it's like who cares? Who's going to be watching you? But if you're Denny's, or if you're Hooters, or somebody like that, and you're going to do it, you're. Hey, by the by the way, should Micecast buy Hooters? Hooters is up for sale. Is it now? Yes, it is. Interesting. Where did you learn that? Uh, on the radio. It was on the news. That is interesting. Okay, so moving right along. Uh, I would love for you guys to debate the rudest behavior guests have in the park. I cannot stand people who think they are more important than other people. Such an example are the ones that stop in the middle of the walkway to talk, take flash, <laughs> take flash pictures during the ride. We had a half pirate bowl full of New Year's people, and honest to fucking God, I counted 97 different flashes. I got my revenge. This, this, I did not understand this uh, sentence, Rich, Mike. If it makes sense to you, I got my revenge. As you know, they have they the, have ant, the pattern. ant pattern and cannot get separated. But I did that, and it pissed the off. Pissed them off. I'm sure the image dropped off there. I don't get the ant pattern unless he mean that they get off the ride and they're all like following each other. He'd get in the middle of them. I, I didn't I, really. I, yeah, that's what I'm taking from it. Yeah. And then it's like, wow, I got a dirty look from someone that was 5'2". My shoulder was so scared. <laughs> at the end of the day, I was getting pissed off or pissed at all the jackass behavior and chose not to deviate unless it was a little kid. Oh, I think now he's talking as people are coming up to you. You know, how, you know. lastly, these two bitches and their equally bitchy mom screamed forever on mansion that does get annoying when you got all the locals that think they need to scream this was done because my daughter does not like the loud noise and plugs her ears mommy bitch talked to the two little bitches as i watched the whole discussion well i must have scared the shit out of them as they when the lights came on i had the, i had the them, uh, i guess the i had the i am going to fucking kill you look <laughs> As they as they mounted as mouthed, well as well as mouthed mature. These are just some of the things that set me off, but I'd love to hear what sets each of you off. Uh, so far this trip, I've got six contacts with two turnarounds. I'm not really sure what that is. My daughter asked, "Why do people get out of my way?" And I told her that I look like I'm going to kill them if they only knew. Uh, well, back to the park for Valentine's Day with dinner at the Blue Bayou. Keep up the great work. Lord Vader, I hate Ryan Seacrest. Okay, I think the, the, the six contacts, the two turnarounds, is where 
he's bumped into people six times and and, and only like, two of them turn around and said, "Oh, sorry" or whatever. Yeah, uh, maybe that that could be. You know, I'm gonna give Lord Vader a break, and it sounds like he might have been typing this on the walk or the go, or uh, he, maybe he was doing one of those annoying things where people are paying too much attention to their phone. Stopping in the middle, stopping yeah. in the middle of the sidewalk there. <laughs> Maybe you guys have seen Tripping the Rift, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe he's the evil clown. <laughs> Darth Bobo. Darth Bobo. <laughs> I got to say, when that went to series, when they started producing that on the Sci-Fi Channel, it did not have... It was funny, but it did not have the... Um, cutting edge. The, the cutting edge rudeness that the original that was floating around the internet did. Oh my like, God, that was so funny. You had to uh, compromise. You have to go t- to well, a you man know. once. Yeah, beware of the dark clown. Uh, dark clown, that was it. Dark clown. Uh, well, that's what he called him. So they, they, but when uh, the girl blew the little... Number six? Uh, the little thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like to get his attention, his little lightsaber went... Droop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny. Uh, oh, now the now the uh, the captain going to beat the shit out of the robot because robot didn't want yeah. didn't want to do the work. <laughs> uh, that was such a great mixture of Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, it just cracked the hell out of me. Now uh, things that freaking annoy me are some of the same things as he are. Uh, he yeah. said, you know, they walk into a doorway and they stop, or they walk right out the doorway and they stop and they chat. They get on the phone, whatever it is. They think they're the only one there and there's no one behind them. Or they drift. I like the people who walk. Yes, I was about you, to say. You're going to move to the right to get around them, and they, they kind of the drift to the right. right. Yeah. You try to go the other way, and they drift. It's like they almost got like they got rearview mirrors on, and they're just purposely trying to piss you off. Uh, and, of course, loud people. I, I said I went to the Scottish Festival. They were going to do a demo. They shoot this Gatlin gun. They, they uh, recreate this battle of Helgefer, I think it is. It was um, the Scottish Regiment against the uh, Egyptians, I think it was. Uh, but whatever, and they, they got this cannon. I've got how many mil, 50 millimeter, it's a fucking loud cannon, this Gatling gun. And there's, so there's always a guy in the crowd or a lady who has to describe to their party what's going to happen in a few minutes. Like they can't figure it out themselves or the MC of the event isn't good enough. And they're loud and they always show up in my video. Or on the soundtrack. Because, <laughs> I know that pisses you off. Oh, it does. <laughs> my, my wife and I went to breakfast at Denny's, and she's like, are we just quiet, or is does it echo or carry in here? We can hear the conversations from every table. It's like, what are the – I mean, these fucking, fucking people are, are loud. Um, maybe our hearing's better than we thought. I don't know. It's like, you know, the, it's just – People are freaking loud. And pirate boats, I hate that. I have not been on a nice, quiet pirate boat for quite a while. You know, it's either the the foreign language speakers. I'm not going to pick out which south of the border language uh, it is. <laughs> How many choices do you have? <laughs> Two? Two. <laughs> uh, that think they're the only ones in the boat and are having a fiesta. Um, it's just, oh, I don't know. It's just... That's- the screamers, you know, like they said in the mansion, that's annoying. Um, that, that has to be the one that I find the most annoying. Is the screamers? I'm, no, no, the, the the fiestas on the boat. Uh, you know, on any attraction, I just want to sit back, relax. 
immerse myself into the attraction, whether it be at Pirates, uh, the Haunted Mansion, or Winnie the Pooh, and you get somebody there, and whether it's trying to describe the action that's going on, or worse yet, it's the person that's talking about something that has nothing to do with Disneyland whatsoever, you know, about who's going out with who, and what so-and-so said at the party that they were at the last night, and how many lines of Coke they... I mean, I don't need to hear all this crap while I'm trying to enjoy the attraction. Oh, I, it's like, yeah, I don't know how many times I've been behind teenage girls where they're talking on the phone oh, through oh, the right. Talking on the phone. Oh, oh, you'd have to turn around and give them the stink eye for that. Are you kidding? Oh, or yeah. the families who don't control their kids. And, again, I, I know I'm, people are just going to call me. Go ahead. Call me a racist. It always happens to me with certain ethnic groups, and I don't know why. Maybe it's their culture that they don't find the activity rude. But control your damn kids. There, yeah. you know, and, and many times I was on um, Small World trying to record, and standing up and down, waving their hands, talking loud, um, you name it. And I could tell they were going to be a problem in in the queue. I was in front of them, then they were in front of me, then they cut me out. You know, all this kind of stuff. And I tried to get in the other boat, and the guy says, "No, this boat." I'm like, Crap! You know, I'm going to be right behind them. I was. You know, so you know. telephone. Routine, yeah. The people that are talking on the telephones and describing what's going on or anything like that. I mean, we've three of us have talked about it before. You go into a restaurant, and if I get a phone call, I'll either ignore it or I'll excuse myself and I'll walk away from the table because I, the rudest thing in the world is just sit there at the table and carry on a conversation on the phone while there's other people present around you. It depends who you're with and who it is on the phone. Yeah, at a, at a restaurant. Just, at a restaurant. Because usually you're there with your family. You take a quick call, no big deal. You take a work call, no big deal. Yeah, but you're, it, in a, you're in an amusement park on a freaking ride, and you're having this long conversation going on while you're trying to sit, the, you know, sit back I, on the. I've, heard, I've heard conversations about how they had sex the night before. What? Yeah. Yes. With kids around? Yes. That's yes. Just, that's not right. Actually, one of them was kind of titillating, but sure, yeah, you, you don't mind hearing it at midnight on the Jungle Cruise when there's no kids around, but come on, really? Oh, yeah, I'm serious. I mean, it's t-shirts, t-shirts I used to see people wear. I, I, I told the guy he had to turn a t-shirt in, inside out one day that literally had a big dick and balls on it, and it had some <laughs> witty, witty comment. I said, you got to turn that inside out. He turned it inside out. It didn't help. <laughs> I said you gotta find something to cover that up. You know? Yeah. They don't enforce that stuff anymore, do they? I don't know. I said Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a lot less. Again, it's it's the whole thing of nobody wants to be the bad guy. Yeah. And I told the guy, I said, dude, it's funny. It's just not the right place for it. Yeah. It's a family park. But dude, I find it funny. Uh, the, the, the hardest one was we used to not let girls in bikini tops walk around. And then there were some women I had no problem saying, you got to cover up. <laughs> and there were other ones where I'm going, I don't want to do that. I can't unsee that. This would be a crime of humanity to cover my, this. My, my favorite one was when I got a call once uh, over to the information board. Uh, this was quite a few years ago. Uh, and the, I talked to the uh, one of the older tour guide ladies there. And she's explaining Two young girls, uh, micro fish line string bikini on, and those extremely short painted on 
hot pants. And they're, they were walking in there. And I go, okay. And it's like, I'm about ready to make a call for my for the uh, lead out there. And she just makes this comment. She goes, I don't know what she paid for them, but they were well worth it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's, uh, I you know, I've got a thing about picture taking, you know, the right way and the wrong way. I even wrote about it in one of my examiner things. And I I went in the park the other day to do some work for a, um, a contest we might talk about later. And I was taking pictures of the characters, and I was trying to get a shot of Goofy. Oh, I'm sorry, Pluto. And uh, what's the difference of dogs, right? Uh, in this one form. One talks. Like, yeah, one talks. Um, she was foreign, but she was an English foreign. Okay, she spoke English. But, you know, there, there's a limited amount of time those people are on stage or the characters are on stage. And everybody should be able to get, you know, one or two pictures off. But, you know, she had three kids. So she sent one up. Snap, 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 snap. Then she sent the two others to join him. Snap, snap. One, one little kid starts pulling Pluto's ear a lot. And they, oh, stop it, Johnny. Stop it. <laughs> snap, 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 snap. Oh, wait. Mom wants to get in the picture. Snap, 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 snap. And then so where was oh, the handler? Where was the handler? The, the handler was standing there, just kind of looking. And then someone else in the crowd said, "Oh, here, let me take your picture." I mean, it's like people want to get this. Yeah, let me take your picture for you. Snap, snap. Oh, you want to look at it? Oh no, can do another one. Snap, 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 snap. I'm like, what the fuck? It's like you know, you're not the only one here in line, and you know the dog's got to take a dump. He only has so much time out here before he's got to go. I blame and the to- baby boomers, man. They. Uh, they indulge the shit out of their kids. Baby boomer. Well, you know what? She probably was not a boomer. No, but a, the kid of a boomer. Probably. Yeah. Oh, yes. A kid of a boomer. She was probably in her mid-30s, you know. Yeah. But it's just, oh, my God. You are not the only one around here. And those kind of things irk me. Or the people. Uh, I always love this. Uh, because depending on what attraction you're in it's crucial to know how many is in your party before you get to the front uh-huh. uh, some of it it doesn't matter as much and they don't know or they're not all together uh oh i got one i was this is just at the grocery store i'm in the 15 line or less and i see this guy say something to the grocer and he runs he forgot his wallet yeah he's standing in line all this stuff's on the cart now oh. are, are we gonna wait and the checker was this checker was good. He started working around him, just grabbing the stuff for the next guy. I'm talking, this is gonna make us fucking wait for this yoke, you know, yokel to run out to his car and get something. But it's that kind of behavior at the park too. You see, you've been standing in the God blessed food line for 15 minutes. Then, then you realize when it's time to pay, you don't have your wallet. No, no, no. You don't even know what you want when you get up there. Oh, oh, you're talking about ordering food. I thought you were talking yeah. grocery store. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's. Uh, I, I tweet that all the time. Yeah, you don't. So, so one. They, they don't. You, they don't spend the ten minutes waiting in line reading the friggin' menu. No, no, they're, they're bullshitting. They're, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're grab ass and they're bullshitting. They're sticking their tongues down each other's throat. They're not doing anything to check out what they're gonna eat. Or you, it's five o'clock in the afternoon. They've been there all day and they still don't know how many fucking people are in their party. <laughs> and they get to the front of the line and they don't know. Uh, or it's the I don't know if I want to ride or. 
You know, you see someone trying to take on a kid, obviously way too small to be on an attraction. You haven't figured this out by now? Come on. You know, pull your heads out of your you know, collective asses. The, the worst the worst thing is is when you get those type of people, though, the people that stand in the doorways, the people that are talking, and you make something, you know, make a comment or, you know, excuse me, and they give you that look or they, heaven forbid, they actually say something where you're at fault. They blame you for their mistake. You're always at fault. you got to remember that. You are always at fault. Again, because, the product you know, of being the child of a baby boomer. Well, yeah. it's... It's okay, I'm a child of... No, I'm not. No, you're not. I'm, I'm you are a baby boomer. Yes. Now, my kids won't be like that. I smack them around. <laughs> well, Not literally. Like, I'm, I'm just saying, generally, it's it's the well, baby yeah, boomer parents. Whole, but you know you know, I do find? My mother-in-law is a little bit like that, where, you know, okay, the kid doesn't need anything else to eat. Oh, here, just come on. You know, she wants everybody to be happy. And her kids are, in, uh, some of them are kind of like that. There's like, everybody just be happy. Kumbaya, let's just be happy. Fuck it. They well, don't need it. Or, you know what? It's just the kind of it, insane indulgence drives me crazy. Now, granted, if we, when we had the money and if it was a good indulgence, you know, we did. But we tried to, I think, temper it with uh, some common sense. And, uh, no, well, I, I'm not talking about the indulgence of spoiling. I'm talking about creating the, the atmosphere that the person thinks that the world, the world revolves but around them. Well, that, I think it's all connected, though. I think indulgence, well, you know. It's part of what we talked about on the other show too. Is this whole we we live in a society where everybody is due an entitlement, and everybody wants to argue about their rights, but no one wants to take any sort of responsibility. Well, I got a, I got a friend, architect friend. We've talked about this guy before. He's out Winchester. He 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 puts on Facebook. Uh, he's pissed off because his neighbors. He shows this picture: two little white, you know, rice rockets with ropes tied to their bumpers, tied to a tree that they're going to be pulling out. It's a big tree. He goes, I planted these things 20 years ago for my neighbor before these people, these young punks, as he called them, owned it. They got a young teenager in the tree with a powered chainsaw. and they're, So I'm like, okay, send me the picture when the bumpers are off the car or the, <laughs> the tree has fallen on the car. And he said, eventually the tree came down and took out the uh, fence not the cars. And I said something about, because Winchester was once very rural, not so much anymore, but where he lives is still kind of rural. And I, I said something about, uh, you know, a lot of PWTs around there. And he, he's like, you know, uh, stupid is not, you know, generally in certain locations. And I'm like, yeah, but some areas produce more than others. And he made some comment about, uh, yeah, but, you know, the snobs and rich, you know, the rich areas in their their cars and on their phones who don't pay attention. I said, that's not rudeness. That's indifference. And I think sometimes you find that in a park. It's just total indifference to anybody else around them. It's not rudeness. They just don't believe their shit stinks. Yeah. Or there's yeah. anybody else worthy around them, you know. Uh, and you've seen that. I mean, there's rude. And there's indifference, and I, I I think I'm seeing a lot of indifference around lately. Yeah. Yes, I, you I have. Agree. Yeah, I agree, and it, it's extremely annoying. Yeah, very annoying. I, oh, I you know that you get to the turnstile. How how many times have you seen that empty one, and you're trying to get around the guy that's just like going slow, and then he somehow he ends up in front of you anyways. 
<laughs> yeah. For yeah. some reason, I, for someone, me, it's on the freeway. There's some jackass oh, driving yeah. slow, and I get her. I'm trying to get around him. Next thing I know, I'm, you know, like this weekend, I'm driving up the freaking one lane highway up the mountain. It's the same bastard I passed on the freeway a half hour ago. Uh, I'm like, how the hell did you get in front of me? It always happens. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how, but yeah, it's 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 karma, fate, whatever you want to call it. You, no matter what, you end up getting screwed uh, by the same people. It's it's. I just wish people would pay attention to what's around them. You know, uh, look before you stop or turn. Uh, you know, pay attention. There's a lot of people. I used, strollers used to drive me insane. And I thought, I'll never bring a stroller here. Well, I did. But I tried my best and my damnedest not to be the rude stroller driver that I see and still see in the parks who run you over, don't pay attention, stop in the middle of the street because their kid's falling out of it or climbing out of it or, you know, whatever. Uh, it's, it's annoying. You know, if your kid is a screaming little Mimi and you know it, stand up and walk out of the ride or, you know, oh, in a show. If you can, yeah. You know, you know, don't sit there and try to kowtow them. You know, put your finger in their mouth or put their pacifier in. Walk out. You know, don't be rude. There's a reason why a lot of Catholic churches have crying rooms. To put the little farts in there so they don't disturb, right. you know? Uh, this, you know, yeah. Yes. Oh, you know, oh, I got another one. This this, this is always fun. You, I'm sure you've been to a sci-fi movie like this where young Johnny's with Uncle Buck or Grandpa Joe... Uncle Buck, that's odd. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, through the whole movie, he's, you know, because the kid's already seen the movie 20 times, so he wants to experience it with his relative. He is like play by playing the whole movie. You've been there, right? Oh, I hate that, yes. So on the Jungle Cruise, right? Isn't there always some smartass ahead of the jokes? Yes. Or, you know, giving the jokes himself or filling in the blanks where, you know, a cast member may have left one out. Now, that would be different if, for instance, on, on my Midnight Jungle Cruise, if every single one of us in that boat is a DPN member, I might say it's time to have a little fun with the cast member by knowing his shtick before him, uh, uh, which might be some fun. Uh, uh, or over-exaggerating our reactions to the hippos or to yeah, the, the okay. whatever. But if there's one non-DPN member in there, I would say absolutely not. It's not fair to the people who are not party to the sure to the joke yes to the joke yeah and and that's i feel that way no matter what attraction i'm on if you're in a shared vehicle it should be the same respect for that you would want but again some cultures are used to being packed in on top of each other you don't have the same in public respect for your space your zone your whatever you want to call it. um well, that's it's just like a difference in... Yeah, it's like the close talker. That's that's just a difference in cultures on how they handle it, but uh, that's that's different from the uh, idiot that's standing in the way or just talking on the phone or just being completely indifferent. That's, that's, that's just being bad. Yes, I, I think so. I, I really do. Um, or, you know, it used to bother me with the smokers. And now since, uh, for the most part, people seem to kind of get the gist that there are the second-class smoking areas and they, <laughs> they can't smoke awesome. in line and all that. But occasionally you'll still have a smoker in line. But I used to have this little pocket fan that I would just pull out and blow the smoke back. And 
you know, it's amazing how cigarette smokers don't like really like to smoke in their face. Like, dipshit, we don't want it in our face either. And yeah. So. Uh, all right. So are we are we done? That's all I have to say about that. Uh, okay, Forrest. That's awesome. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Which was more right. than enough that any of us needed to hear anyway. Yes. Well, no. Stuff we never needed to hear it was your shaft comments and some of the other innuendos. <laughs> Do, you, uh, okay. Do we, oh, by the way, uh, hold on. And I think this, I know what this is a response to, but he doesn't really say the... Uh, uh, Lord Vader sent us another one. That says the wheel is working, and there's still free Wi-Fi at the hotel. I'm going to assume it's a Calif- Grand Californian because it's right next to where the wheel is now working. The gristmill wheel is finally spinning again. Cool, at Grizzly. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I saw that the other day, and I was happy to see that. That uh, is good to hear. I think so. It's it's one of those show items when you know it's not working. It looks pretty stupid. Yeah. Especially that, that's that's an interesting water wheel because that's very classic to the uh, California, Oregon, the Western style mining of the uh, 19th century, which is a very with the uh, jet nozzle, not just the water rushing over it, but that whole jet nozzle hitting it. Yeah, I think it's a pretty cool effect. It's a nice looking um, looking area. So. I think I think there's one one just like that. I think that's taken after one that's up at the Kennedy Mine, up along uh, Highway 49. I'm trying to remember what uh, town not, that's it's near. It's not three. It's not 395. No, this that's all 49 stuff. Thank you. <laughs> uh, couldn't resist. I made that trip once. Really, once? Yeah, it was. That's. Highway 49 is not a road you can really take in a day. It's it's very 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 windy, and uh, your your highest speed you're going to get on 49 is about 25 maybe 30 miles an hour. That depends on what section of Highway 49 you're on. Well, this yeah, is true. I, but we're ta- I'm talking about old country. I'm talking between what uh, Stockton and Sacramento. Highway 49 goes through Grant Valley, right? Highway 49 goes from, um, it almost kind of like parallels the 80 or S's across Highway 80. Yeah. Highway 49 goes from, uh, it crosses Highway 80 at one point at Auburn, right? So it turns south and I don't know where it picks up again. And if you turn north, it goes up to Grass Valley, Nevada City. um, And eventually it hits up with the 80 again. Yeah, well, I would say when we drove out of my base, we drove out the back, we hit Highway 20, wind, wound around, I thought we hit 49, then we took 49 to 80, and then from 80, we go to Tahoe, and that's the road that I thought Richard's uh, circuits overloaded on when we were uh, <laughs> driving up to, to Tahoe. And yeah, we used to zoom 40, it depends on what car you have and if it's overloaded or not, we used to zoom all over that highway. Okay, what, so... What, we- what's interesting about that highway, or can be dangerous, is... Because of the uh, forest and the way the light comes in and out sometimes, you're blinded, you know, and it's not real safe at at certain times of day, I didn't think. Or if you're driving down that road in the middle of the night during a whiteout, it's not the best place to be on either. (laughs) Whiner. All right, so Highway 49, I'm looking at its southern uh, start point is... You're going to be surprised when I tell you how far south it goes. 
I will. I don't think I will be. It goes a long way south. It goes a long way south, yeah. Uh, Oakhurst. Oakhurst is the farther south I can see it goes. And Oakhurst is uh, right outside Yosemite, right? Yosemite? Yep. So it goes down to Oakhurst. All right, so it goes kind of the back, the the front side of the of Yosemite, all the way up through uh, Calaveras, San Andreas. Um, yeah, San, and, San Andreas and Calaveras heads, heads through Enterprise up to fifty. Now, once you get north of the fifty, now you're kind of starting to get into the Gold Country, but you still got to go back behind Folsom Lake through uh, Cool Gold Country starts in Auburn. And that section between Auburn up through Grass Valley, Nevada City, and back to 80 at Emigrant Gap. No, 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 no. It, Gold Country goes much further south, and a lot of your classic Angels Camp. Uh, Calaveras. Calaveras is not considered part of the Gold Country. Yes, it is. What, oh, well, yeah, there's Sutter Creek. I'm sorry. Cal- you know, Sutter Calaveras Creek. County, the, the jumping frog of Calaveras County. Yeah, but County. that's not gold. You, mm. That is a gold camp story. Uh, I don't think so. Why do you think Mark Twain was here in the first place? He was here at the gold camps. For the boozing and the horn? The booze, yeah. <laughs> of That's course. Right. <laughs> uh, I disagree with what you consider the gold country. I don't think it's what you think it is. You're you're thinking of the area up there. Yeah, that calls Grand itself. That calls which itself. Is also gold country as yeah, well. Calls itself the heart of the gold country. I so mean, if it's a cent- if it's a center of the gold country, it wouldn't go that far south. I don't think you know that what does. that word means. I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> means. I will continue this argument later. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're done reading the email. Uh, we can get into wrap up time here, right? We can. Yeah, we we can uh, we can wrap it up. I we think. can pimp West Fest. Uh, sure, we, we can we, pimp West Fest. We've been doing work on the contest. Yes, well, our contest, our yes, mice, mice cast. cast. Yes, mice cast. We'll have a contest at West Fest. By the way, I just Wikipedia and Sutter Creek does come into that. But Sutter Creek is in Sacramento. Uh, I'm just looking at names. I don't remember all these. I drove around a lot. I'm looking for a lot of the old, uh, you know, relics and uh, you know, taking pictures of the, you know, quote unquote ghost towns, but. Um, yeah, Sonora, Mariposa, Lotus, Jackson. Those uh, are all gold towns. Big old flags, Donneville, Columbia, Coloma. Coloma, is the, Coloma Columbia. is the gold discovery site, right? Yeah. Outside of Placerville. Angels Camp. Angels Camp way south. That's, that's considered principal cities and towns of gold country. That's right. So. Wait, Mariposa is considered gold country? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, it includes uh, 12 parts of California counties. Amador, Butte, Calaveras, El Dorado, Mariposa, Nevada, Placer, Sacramento, Sierra, uh, what was it, Tulum, Plumas, and Yuba. Yuba County. So, oh, that's up Shasta way. Yeah. It's basically stretching, it says, from Mariposa County in the south to Sierra County in the north along Highway 49. Columbia. Columbia is the other one there. So, All right. Well, anyway. So yeah, West Fest is uh, April uh, 29, 30, May 1st and 2nd. Yeah, I think we've pimped that part before. What's the, the big 
big good news. Uh, there's a banquet. Where's it the, at? The banquet will be held at the Redline Hotel in Anaheim, near the intersection of. And Mike, Hotel could and I Harbor. walk walk there if I wanted to? If you are staying at the Desert Inn Suites, which is also known as the DPN Dorm Rooms, of course you can walk there. It's a, a mere twelve minute walk by my slovenly pace. So even if you're not staying there and you're parked in Mickey and Friends, it would still probably be easier to park. Well, but then, you know, you might be falling out of your yeah, seat drunk at the end. But I wouldn't leave the car Mickey and Friends. I'd find someplace closer. Yeah, you could. You could. Um, uh, well, depending on what the parking situation is and the busyness, you might park. What's the lot over there by the old Grand Hotel or what used to be the Grand Hotel? What's the Richard, name of that? What's uh, run that by one more time? The lot where the Grand Hotel used to be. What's it called? Oh, the Pumbaa lot. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, the Pumbaa lot would probably be good, or if you're willing to pay for the parking at uh, um, Garden Walk. The Garden Walk, yes. Oh, that. Garden Walk is real way close. Yeah. Yeah. But short of that, I don't know. Did you check out the parking situation at the hotel? Do you have to be? Yes, you know, I did, and they will they will let us park there for our event for a mere five dollars an automobile. So I'm not going that, to. That, that might be worth it for five bucks. Move your car. You know, if you're going to be leaving for home, true. That that'd probably be worth it. So there I, you go. That's the latest news in that regard. Well, any uh, entertainment news at this point? No, no entertainment news <laughs> at this point. Okay, still being worked. And I saw that the um, looks like there's new information on the schedule. Some new new meets. Yes, a couple new things. So it's it's being updated slowly but surely. Cool, cool. So there is a place you can sign up to let us know you're planning on attending. Correct. Yes. You sign in and you. Go to the event list and you click register and then put your name there and everyone can see. I actually haven't checked that in a while. I haven't seen if anybody's actually been registering. And also if you're, you know, um, if you're members of the MiceCast or Imaginary My Way or at the Main Street Cinema Groups, you've probably been sent a uh, an invite to those individual events. And I, I don't know if I don't know who runs the DPN on Facebook. I would think it'd be you, but I'm not sure if you actually do it. No, no. Um, there should be some invites coming off of that. I don't know if there is. Yes, uh, I've got a few of those. So I don't think I have. So either that person doesn't, you know, doesn't sent me, or I missed it, or don't care. Who knows? <laughs> They're indifferent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There indifferent. you go. Nice. All right then. Um, Anything else before we close it up? No, nothing. But I did see the fences around the uh, trolley. Actually themed pretty nice. Um, really kind of tight to get around there. And I saw the new walkway between Tower of Terror and Bugs Land. You know, nothing spectacular, but it's a, it's a nice way to get from here to there. You know? Yeah. So that that's good. Um. I saw. I think I mentioned at the beginning. The they're doing all the testing on Captain EO. I guess the one effect that they're going to be keeping from Honey, I Shrunk the Audience is the floor moving, and that's their biggest test that they're doing. I don't know what the problem is, but they've been having uh, issues. I guess with uh, 
making sure they have enough air pressure to make that thing work. And so they've been loading it up with cast members as guinea pigs. And you get to sit around for an hour while they hey, hey, try hey, to hey, shake hey, it. Hey, hey, didn't you tell us you weren't supposed to be talking yeah. about that? <laughs> I, I was saying that those that have gone to the show aren't supposed to be talking about it. I didn't go to the show. See how he gets around that? <laughs> I, I freaked him out the other day. I texted him and said, yeah. you're, you're in line for Captain EO right now. And he's like, what? I said, he's like, how do you know I, that? I call him up and I go, suddenly you know too damn much about me. How do you know about this? And how did you? I, I don't want to give away any uh, Okay, somebody else, somebody else texted you, okay. <laughs> yeah, a mutual <laughs> friend of ours saw me standing in line and then when I realized that they, the, the plan was just to move the floor and they weren't going to be showing any of the show effects. I've seen the movie, so I don't need to see, necessarily see the movie again. I wanted to see what the effects were. They had all the effects turned off in there. So I just bailed ah, out the line. Boring. Ah, boring. Once you've seen the movie, you know. I mean, it's yeah. going to be nice to see. And Greg brought up the thing that uh, there, it's supposed to be have been digitally remastered both uh, visually and uh, well, in the I, audio. I, I asked you because there was a rumor that that was the delay that they all of a sudden decided they were going to remaster it. And you told me that uh, they put a new digital projector in, and you thought no, I, I, I said they could have. I haven't seen oh. it. They were okay. they were still using the old uh, film cabinets with uh, Hista for the longest time. So I was going to take a peek and see if they if they did do that. But I thought you told me they did put a digital projector in there. I would no. I don't know. I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I, I know. Th no, the ones I told you about were the new digital projectors they had that they had running over on Fantasmic. Uh, I already knew that. That, that yeah. that's old I, news. And I said, I said that I wouldn't be a bit surprised if they put digital projectors because now would be the time. But I don't know if they did that or not. Okay. All right. Well, <clears throat> uh, I think that's good. Yeah, that's good. Okay. All right, so we're all done. I'm gonna say sure. good night. You say whatever you want. I just said it. Good night. Okay. Damn it. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> good night. Yeah. See ya.